everybody. What's going on? It's the ID84 show live here in quarantine week uh, nine or ten. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, in our own uh, designated locations, it is uh, May 20th, uh, 2020. We're almost out of this. I, I feel see the future, Naren. As always, the Adam the Mallet to the upper left up there. And uh, second time on the show, a special guest, Mr. Ryan Glover. What's going on, guys? How much? How is, I will say, yeah, go I will ahead. say, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> oh, no, I was, I'm just happy to be here, man. Glad to uh, connect with you guys again. Wait a minute, thanks for coming up last minute. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because it's like last minute we're trying to throw these things together. And um, obviously we can't have people come over because we're all like in our own little bubbles here. But like the miracle of Zoom, you could literally call anyone around the planet. We, we should try to get like a, uh, someone from like, I don't know, Russia. It's true. <laughs> like, on. The, only thing, the only thing I hate about these is it's hard to know. Like if I'm next to somebody, I can tell when someone's about to talk. Yeah. But when it's like this, I don't know when it's cued because I can't see people's facial expressions. Like they have something to say. So it's like, I, I feel like I'm always fucking interrupting when I don't mean to. And then I just get caught in between. It's like, wait, you were saying what? Huh? Oh, wait, you were saying, and it's just, it, it throws me all fucking off. It drives me crazy. No, you're right. It's like, uh, you, cause when you remember when we did the show back in the past, it's like you have someone on, uh, the, the phone, the same thing. You know what I mean? It's like, you're struggling trying to get a cue when someone's on the phone. They don't know, you know, it's a little bit of delay and stuff like that too. So, you know, it is yeah. what it is, but um, it, it's it's we're almost out of it. I think we're almost out of it, and I'm a little frustrated with uh, the state of Massachusetts and the city of Boston myself. And I kind of just completely on, retarded because this whole phase thing has no science behind it whatsoever. It's like now explain to me this: how is it in phase one, hairdressers and barbershops can be open, right? But that's unless you're having sex with somebody, that's the closest you actually get to somebody. <laughs> it's getting a haircut. Yeah, like it's true, and Wait. that's a phase one opening that could open Thursday. Well, you don't bang, what? you don't bang a hairdresser like everyone else does in these worlds. <laughs> no, like you're just so close to somebody when you get your haircut, but that's a phase one. It I don't get it. It makes no sense. It's 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 uh, it's it's frustrating because you have other states around the country who are uh, in worse some situations, such as like New York and you know Florida was very bad for a period of time, who are, seem to figure out the system very well, and here we are just. Uh, Spinning our wheels into it. I, I almost feel like Governor Baker came out with the delay on Monday because he didn't know what to say on Friday. And he needed the weekend to come up with some bullshit. And he just yep. threw some shit together and was like, this is how it's going to work, I guess. I don't know. What the fuck? Yeah. Now, what do you guys think? It's a lot of public pressure, uh, you know, for him to reopen. And, yeah. You know, uh, like, I think, like, you know, uh, it's a lot of evidence you know that that could go either way like i see like you know evidence online and stuff that points to you know like oh like you know florida they just reopened and stuff everything and the cases are steadily going down but then like you know and stuff everything they have like you know uh news and stuff everything about china where they they're putting people back in quarantine so like i don't know you know i'm confused yeah he's either yeah. he's either no, I, know. It's, I, I wouldn't be surprised if god damn it see that's what no. i mean i don't know when to fucking talk no, good. <laughs> good, yeah, sorry. Good. go ahead go ahead go ahead yeah. No, but uh, I was gonna no, like um, no, nah, no, nah, I, I fucking forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Big is either gonna look like a hero when this is all said and done, and be like, "Wow, this guy really fucking seen the future," or he's gonna look like an asshole. So it's like a fifty-fifty shot. I guess it's better to look like a hero and have to deal with some like yeah. at the end and looking like the asshole of opening all everything up, and then like I, I I understand their point of view. I I don't get me wrong. It's just now it's more of a frustration thing because now it's like. It's Memorial Day weekend coming up, and it's like this is supposed to be the gateway to the summer, you know. And it is, it is, and I mean numbers because people are coming out more now. Obviously, numbers are going to go up a little bit. Expect it; it's going to happen. But like, you know what's going to happen? The news is going to make a huge, a bigger deal out of that, and be like, "Oh, see, this is another wave we're talking about." Yeah. And you know what? It's just like everything we've done to this point, I've been fine with, but now it's fucking time. Like, we can't stay this way forever. I mean, I've come to the conclusion I'm going to get it. We're all going to get it. It's going to be like fucking chicken pox, like, until a vaccine comes out. Yeah. You mean to tell me we're going to stay all harbored in t inside till January, February? No, it, it can't happen. My neighbors have it. They're fine. I mean, but they don't have any previous health conditions. But still, like, I got, it just has to happen. I got tested on, uh, was it yesterday or was it Monday? Monday I got tested. I uh, woke up 
and I went to work and I stopped feeling like shit. I feel like, I felt like I had, like the my my nose, my smell and my taste was like off, right? And I started feeling like weak and I was getting chills and I was like Now I hadn't been anywhere. All I've been is was the Home Depot on Sunday, but I had the mask on. I wasn't really near anyone and stuff like this. And that was the closest yeah. I came in other than the grocery store, which but I don't see anyone in there. So I started having a fucking panic attack. So I went online to like the CVS uh clinic uh-oh, thing, right? Uh-oh. So I started putting in the CVS website asked you a bunch of questions to see if you qualify for a test. So it was like, do you do this? No, do this? No, this? No, this? No. I'm like, the only problem I have is that, by the way, I just want to say, I just want to interrupt. Shout out to Brian listening out in California, a good friend of mine. Let us know on the Facebook chat how California is doing right now, where you are. I'm curious to know. But I digress. So anyway, so I go to the, uh, so it's actually really, really simple. It takes about 45 minutes. So I qualified. It said, you qualify for a test. I was like, oh, okay. So I pull in into the car into Lowell. I went up to Lowell with uh, to the showcase center is in Lowell in that parking lot, and basically they give you a time period to come. So I came at like four 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 forty five. I rolled in, and then there's a person who says, "Put your license against the window," and uh, so I can write down your information. Okay, cool. So I um I did that, and he wrote down the information. Then he rolled down the window. He has a mask. You have a conversation with him. He asks you a bunch of questions. So you go through all these questions, blah, 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 blah. Right. And then, uh, so I was concerned cause I have a, an infant who is watched by my parents yeah. during the day who are over 60. So I go, that's my only concern. I go for me, I think I'll be all right. I go, I just been feeling shitty for the last 24 hours and I just want to be better safe than sorry. You know what I mean? They're like, Oh yeah, no, we understand. So they go, you roll into the tent and they give you this like Q-tip. It looks like a Q-tip. They, they test you for gonorrhea when they stick it up your pee hole. It's like this thick, long. They beef. don't do that anymore, but yes, they used to do that. <laughs> oh, then that lady was lying to me when I went check. Got checked last week. <laughs> <laughs> they used to do that. Yeah. yeah. So well, they, uh, yeah. they, uh, so you, you you jam it up your nose about an inch, and you start like crying a little bit. You know what I mean? And then you put it in. Then they tell you to put it in this little like envelope, and you put it in the envelope, and you wrap it in a piece of paper, and they give it to the guy, and they're like, "All right, go in the parking lot. It'll be about a half hour." So I'm like, all right, so I go and sit there, and then. Once one by a little, you see all these cars leaving, and then it was taking me forever to leave. So I was like, "Oh, I'm like, is this bad news?" And then they call you on the phone, so they're like, "Ah, oh, this is CVS. Uh, you know, check. Uh, we just want to let you know you, you're all set. You tested negative. Uh, we get your test results. We'll bring them out to you in a second. So they come out to your car, they put it on your little windshield, and that's it. So I was like, "All right, good." Cool. So she, uh, she's like, "Whatever you were feeling was probably something else." She's like, "It was probably just a cold." And I go, "You're probably right. It probably was just a cold." But ask me if that. A year ago, and I would have been like, "Yeah, just a cold." Now I'm like paranoid. I'm yeah. carrying some disease. I'm like Magic Johnson, and I'm like walking around. No but, one knows what's going on. But, but but see what you did there. That's what people should do. That was yeah. textbook. What you just did, perfect. Thank you, Adam. But people are stupid, <laughs> and they don't do that. And then it goes on, and they give it to more people. Like what you did, you felt something coming on. Said, "Hey, I should get this checked out." And if people just keep doing that, yeah, the world will be fine. That's it. And that's basically what they should have done. I thought like also though, like you could have it and like not have any symptoms. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Too like I've I've been hearing like so many different like, you know, cases on the news and stuff, everything, like where it's like people, you know, obviously like, you know, the people at the White House, they got it and stuff, everything, but like just because you get it doesn't mean that it affects you. But like if you're elderly or you have like pre exposed conditions, then you're like more of a chance of you know, it actually like dying from it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I know it was unknown. No one knows what the hell is going on, but like they, it, it's tough to go back into time and say how you should have done something when you really don't know how to do it. You know what I mean? So I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate at this point. You know, so it's what's one what Monday night Monday uh Monday quarter uh, Monday quarterback they call it Monday yeah. morning quarterback. <laughs> so if I'm Monday morning quarterback in this whole situation, I guess I would say is like, all right, tell everyone who's 65 and older to stay tight and just chill. And then, you know, let everyone else out there, if you get it, you get it. And then if you're older and you, you're you at risk, you know, then you take you you guys. And, and it just works out for the advantage that most people 65 and older, for the majority of them, don't work anyway. So they kind of retire and they can kind of chill and just kind of do their thing for a little while until it's all metals out. But yeah. and then the younger guys like ourselves, who are a little more tolerant to it, if we get it, can kind of just kind of plow through and do what we got to do. But obviously we didn't know that. So, uh, I mean... I'm not so pissed off at at Marty and Baker to the point that I just need something done. You know, it's, I feel like they're behind, and I feel like Massachusetts is always so ahead. And I feel like today they're like so behind, and it doesn't seem very Massachusetts-like. You know what I mean? 
It doesn't. I will say, you know what's hilarious, though, is that Fox picked a time to now I know this show was recorded, obviously, before, but I think it's hilarious. It's coming out. I think it premieres tonight on Fox where it is extreme tag. Like the most unsocial distancing yes. thing you could possibly think of is, is on television tonight. The Extreme wa- tag. The Watts Brothers, right? Is that who's hosting it? I don't know. Actually, I should probably turn that on. It's, I, it's, I don't know. It's J.J. Watts and his brother. His brothers. Is it really? Oh, man. Yeah. That's hilarious. So, uh, oh, go ahead, Sorry. Perspective of like Monday morning quarterbacking and stuff and everything. Like if you were to tell like the, the elderly people and stuff, just to stay inside, like, you know, there's like – healthcare workers and stuff, everything like that, you know, like how can you change, like, you know what I mean? And stuff, everything like the number of healthcare workers because they still have to go home, go to work, and they're still going to be around those elderly people and they're possibly exposed to the coronavirus. So it's like, it's true. You know, <laughs> at the end of yeah. the day, it's like, no, there's, yeah. I mean, no one knows the right way to do it. It's, it sucks because yeah. we're all like sitting here saying, like, how, what, it's always easy to criticize after everything's said and done than in being in the heat of the moment, too, you know, especially when you not have any say. Like, we have no say. Who the fuck are we? We're just, there. we're just, we're just living the dream, you know what I mean? Like, following the rules of the, of, of the instructors. But, you know, uh, real quick, though, to give you an update in California, Brian says they are talking about opening schools with different start times. So, California, Starting thinking about schools starting soon. Uh, each each county is uh, opening up in phases, and uh, they go from there. So they're pretty much doing what New York State's doing, where they're opening up counties by county and seeing how that goes and playing it by air. So who knows? We'll see how. Yeah. We're not going to know how it is. In a month, we'll find out if what what they did was right. And in a month, if Massachusetts is uh, still locked down and all the other states are back to you know high yeah. levels, then we look like uh, we figured something out right. I guess I don't. Know. It just, I don't know. I, I wish it could have been like Sweden. Sweden just said, everybody, just do what you think is responsible. We're not shutting anything down. And then it went away. Like they've had yeah. practically <laughs> fucking nothing. <laughs> I know they have fewer people and all, but still, I mean, to just imagine living in a society like that where you could just be like, everybody, just please, just, you know, do whatever you, you think is right and we'll be fine. And everything is. I yeah. would live <laughs> It's a fantasy. Hey, right? The crazy thing is, like, have you seen like the uh, the videos and stuff, everything on you know uh, Facebook and social media of them arresting people for not having a mask and stuff, everything, and then yeah. the police yeah. have masks. I think that's <laughs> so crazy, yeah. I, I'm not I'm not buying this uh, this new normal. Um, no. I think it's a. Te- I hate when they call it the new normal because it's not a new normal. It's a temporary normal. We're not going to be walking around two years from now with masks on all the time. I mean, some people will. Don't get me wrong. There's some cuckoos out there that will be wearing masks for the rest of their lives. You know. Yeah. But as a 35 year old, I don't foresee my future of taking my family to Disney World in a few years, and we're all wearing masks, all bundled up like we're going into uh, uh, a nuclear power plant. Remains. You know what I mean? Like this. It's this is it's a process that. Uh, like the mask doesn't even protect from the coronavirus because you still get it in your eyes. So what's the real? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, yeah. it makes people feel better. You know, it it's, it's all it does. It's all the mask is. It it's does feel better. It's all because at the at the end of the day, it's you're not feeling better. You you're not helping yourself. You know, the only way to hundred percent protect yourself is to have like the eye, the mask, the eyes. And like those super sonic fucking masks you have on your face. I mean, what? I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. I tried. I tried going for a jog. I tried going for a jog the other day wearing a mask, and I I thought I was gonna have a serious asthma attack because it's just too much compression against my face while I'm running. I was yes. like, this is stupid. I took it off. I feel like an Islamic woman. I, I know how they feel. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's, that's a good way to think of it. <laughs> that's no joke, though, because how you picking up? How you picking up broads? And you know, how you a single guy going out in town wearing a mask? You know what I mean? Like, you're not seeing. True. You know, the girl could have like a, a half a lip, you know, and her nose could be all like, you yeah, know, you're right, hooked to the left, and you're just sitting there, and you're like, you know, you're getting all intimate and stuff like that, you know. And then you finally get to that, you get. It, it, Okay, so wearing a taking off a mask with another person is going to be like not using a condom to have sex. Like you get that trust built up, you know what I mean? You finally approved, and now we're going to drink a, your beer. You get to be like uh, a straw, uh, like pulling your thing down. It's going to be messed up. You get a straw coming up the side of your face, and you tape it like you do an IV IV for your arm. That's all good. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Mouth dental dance, man. They're going to make a comeback. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> 
And now they say that you can get a coronavirus sexually transmitted by the semen of a, of a man. So I don't know. know about that. I heard something that they weren't sure about that yet. But I did see a study that early studies are showing that uh, it, you can't you can't get it twice. But that's only in monkeys. It's only been done in monkeys. They tested that um, that they couldn't get it again. Brian makes a good point. Who says uh, a mask will cover up the bad teeth of a meth addict? So you could be dating a meth addict for the first few weeks and not even know it. That's you haven't true. Seen teeth. So. <laughs> It's true. And in California, anything is possible. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. But um, th- that's, the, that's the Corona update here on the ID84 show as we do each week. We're starting to run, we running out of things to talk about because basically um, we're just kind of losing our mind, you know? Yeah, I know. Well, remember I sent you that text the other day because the news is so desperate for stories that aren't COVID related that they actually ran a story about how somebody died at the former resident of Carl, ex-Red Sox player Carl Crawford, but he doesn't live there anymore. So why is this even a story? It's He used to live there. <laughs> poor, poor Carl you know? Crawford. He's like, I, you know, I left Massachusetts because I hated Boston. Now I got to fucking still deal with stories about me. Uh, it's fucking crazy, man. Stupid. Yeah. Um. Uh, so I've been seeing, I don't know if you guys have been seeing this at all, but it's starting to come. I, I feel like it's just attracted to me now. A guy drove by me yesterday on the highway with a uh, back of his car with pieces of paper cut out that says COVID-19 is fake. And he was oh, just God. flying. So and then I'm on I'm online today and I have uh, two accounts. We have the the Bob Smith account, which runs all the kind of the social networking accounts and stuff like that. Bob Smith. And Bob Smith is a in his his um his emoji or whatever is the faces is it's a it's my son's big giant teddy bear. Right? So I was uh I, I was starting to troll and starting to get into some wormholes of like shit going on today. So I found this one wormhole of the society. You know how like Adam, you with the uh, flat earthers. This is a society. Oh, you of, know I love my flat earthers. Oh. You know. <laughs> well, these these are these are this is a society of people who are who think the uh, COVID nineteen is all fake and all a ploy. Um, an extreme group, if you will, uh, just like the people like every time there's a, like a tragedy, like the Boston Marathon was all fake, or like if something like nine eleven was all people who have these like these uh, conspiracy theories. So I delved into this group of people in this in depth conversation, and um, about how this is all fake, and it's how it's just to take our tax money, which doesn't really make any sense at all because no one's working. So how are you can get tax money, and everyone had the, all these theories and stuff like this. And then I got into like I don't know about 15, 16 paragraphs into this big rant going on and they started bringing up flat earth shit me oh, not. why didn't you text me dude <laughs> i i, 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 I would have been in a minute so they start going into flat earth and they this one guy was like well COVID 19 has to do a flat earth he's like earth's flat every pitch you see of the world is computer animated it's not real um and, and people were just like, oh, I, I get to find this thread. Tomorrow when I get to work, I'm going to look it up. This thread was going off, and, and it was just like, COVID-19 didn't exist. Then they were starting about, well, 9-11's fake. And then it was like, the earth is flat. There was like the most extreme group of people in one little pod of extremeness that you would, Adam, you would love just to dive your teeth into this, this conversation. Well, those other ones would have pissed me off, but the flat earth thing, I love flat earthers, man. This is hilarious. They're just, it's just the ultimate... It's stupid. Like on the on the on the on the ranking of conspiracy theories, it's like flat Earth comes in at the extreme bottom yeah. of ridiculousness out of all of them. I just I just I'm I'm fascinated by them because I just don't understand how they could actually I could disprove pretty much anything with flat Earth right now. I would love to have an actual conversation and not have somebody answer a question with another question if I ask it. It, it always like I'll say something and then it's like, well, did you know? Well, no. Answer my fucking question. I'm asking you this. Yeah. Tell me logically what I'm seeing here, and I can explain to you. And it's like it, nothing. It's just dribble that comes out of their mouth. I love it. I don't get it. Funny, it's like a lot of people just don't like factual information. Uh, That's I, true. The, uh, the flat earthers, they just like, you know, no matter how much factual information you present them, it'll just be like, oh, like that's fake. That's made up. Yeah. <laughs> like we can't trust them. <laughs> The only thing you have to say is you have northern and southern hemisphere constellations. You have constellations here that you can't see in freaking Africa, right? (laughs) There it is, right? Can you explain that? And then it comes like, well, you just don't know how space works. None of us do. Have you ever been to space? And it's like, are you 
fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, it's just you can't. It's just a constant circle jerk. Like it's like impossible. It makes absolutely no sense at all. It's 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 like I love it. like you're right. It's like people don't want to uh, like to understand the truth. Uh, by the way, uh, Alex Wallace, a number one fan, is watching, and uh, he's uh, he's saying the lag of the stream reminds me of an '80s MTV video. It does a little bit. Wait, the internet's struggling these days because everyone's online. Do you guys are you guys seeing my live video or is it frozen for me? Um, no, you've been, audio has been a little jumpy a little yeah. bit, but not too bad. What about the video? Did you get the video? I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at sexy Ryan Glover right now. Oh. <laughs> you know, uh, about the flat earth, I tried to interview, uh, Mad Mike before he died. It was like talking to him on Facebook and, uh, schedule. Oh, that sucks, dude. I would have loved to have seen that. Was, was that the guy who made his own rocket ship? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That guy was extreme. Maybe you can get hold of Mark Sargent. He has a documentary on Netflix. He loves talking about flat Earth. He just won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> Is that? Oh no. Yeah. Um, still there, already? Yeah. Yeah. I'm there. I'm just trying to troubleshoot some real quick. Go ahead. You guys continue. If you're. Uh... Whoa, losing you guys a little bit. Yeah. I know what's going on. Um. Anyways. Uh. Have you guys watched uh, NASCAR at all this week? Since it was the only sport that was on. I'm sure a lot of people did. I've been watching NASCAR uh, lately. I um I, I I watched it. I finished my yard work early. At around 3, and the race started at 3.30. I went down to my living room. I cracked myself a uh, bush light. And uh, mm-hmm. I uh, was watching uh you know the guys drive around in an oval, all left-hand turns. And uh, there's a thing I want... I was hoping one of you would want to get involved with uh, the bush light, uh, the bush. I shouldn't say bush light. I think it's just bush. Bush bear um, car has a thing. If you take a picture of yourself drinking a bush bear and hashtag a certain thing, um, they'll put your face on the car for next race. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so that's, that's I was, I was. After a few drinks, I was thinking that possibly I was going to start photoshopping some of my friends with bush bear in their hands and trying to get one of their faces. Like maybe Adam's face gets on the car. I was thinking about maybe Maddie, <laughs> little fatty Maddie's face gets on the car. Um, how, how fucking funny would that be? We sit there and be like, oh, Maddie's face is on a NASCAR car going around a track. That would be pretty funny. We, uh, I also thought about, this is how, how bored I am. You know how, I don't know if you guys have been watching the news, but like on the news on... Uh, Basically, they have this thing like on the mornings where they'll like post like you can submit pictures of like a graduate and says congratulations, you know, Bob yeah. Smith. So I was gonna, I was trying to find a picture of Maddie Monaco and trying to put a picture of him and say congratulations for Maddie for graduation high school, and it would just be a regular picture of him. Just <laughs> yeah, you would do that. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm just running out of things to do these these days. You know, times are tough, but I don't know. Anyways, are you guys surviving? Are you uh, are you guys? Are you, well, I know you, Adam. You're working. You're you're back to work, but remotely. You you never really left work, right? You still. Yeah, I'm not working Friday, Monday to Thursday. Remember, so this upcoming yeah. one, though, I'm probably gonna kill myself because I have Friday off, Saturday off, Sunday off, and Monday holiday, so I have off again. So I'm four days on, four days off. I'm like a firefighter this week. So <laughs> it's like um, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm like, what am I gonna do? I don't know. I'm gonna do some get some writing done. I guess that's probably what I'll do. But hey, Ryan, how's your work schedule been helping you? Have you? It's is it struggle? Uh, or? You know, uh, so I'm I'm an actor, man, and like you know, it's uh, definitely affected me. So yeah. like I I can't really <laughs> yeah. oh, do, sucks. Uh, do a whole lot. But like I've been really diving into like uh, blogging and interviewing different people, and like I've been having some great interviews. Like today, like I interviewed uh, Michael Day. Uh, he's been in the Equalizer, and he was in this movie, The Str- Stronger. And uh, we talked about like you know how Ben Affleck stole uh, his script for the town, allegedly. Like you know stuff or anything because I don't want to get sued by Ben Affleck. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. No. So I want to. Yeah. I, I watched that video right before the show. I, I watched it about an hour ago. Um, I got a few questions for you regarding this too. So first of all, he's coming off a movie called uh, Townies, right? Basically, is that the idea? Yeah, yeah, that was that was oh so that was his the his original film was called Townies. Okay, like he uh like the script of the original 
the actual film townies that you know. But and is he so he's from Boston, right? Originally, or is he Irish and moved yeah, to Boston? Yeah, he's from Mass. He's lived like all over and stuff, everything like. Uh, but like you know, he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, he he seems pretty badass because the way he like he would describe like how he was a kid and uh, how he had friends that were indicted in a murder. And he was being questioned yeah, yeah. and shit? Yeah, yeah, he was into serious stuff. Like, you know, uh, and he knows, like, a lot of the OGs in Charlestown. And, like, you know, the funny thing is he was telling me about how, like, you know, they were kind of upset that he was doing a movie and stuff called Townies. But then, like, when Ben Affleck came, it's like, it's all great. Like, you know, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's not fucking Charlestown. Like, and so, you know, but, uh, you know, Interesting, interesting guy. Like, you know, he's uh, really talented as an artist, too. But, like, yeah, you know, like, really, like, came from, like, the streets and stuff, everything. Like, I guess he had a crew in Everett. And they were, like, robbing shipping containers. And then, like, uh, he got uh, the DEA came knocking, like, I guess, asking about a murder. And he, like, you Jeez. know, fled to Florida. And, like, you know, basically, like, you know, and stuff, everything, like, uh, just started, like, getting into real estate, you know, leaving that, like, behind. And then he uh, saw, like, um, he was inspired by Donald Trump's book, the the uh, the art oh, of God. <laughs> I thought that was that was pretty crazy. And he was like, he was just like, he just knew how to make money, so you know how to run all these like, and and he was talking about he used to run adult websites like porn sites and stuff like that too. Yeah, yeah. This is what he was telling me and stuff, everything. And he was like making a lot of money and stuff, everything, doing that in Florida. But he was like, he just got tired of it. It was like he was getting oversaturated. So like um you know he decided like you know he was gonna audition for the apprentice and stuff everything but he didn't uh, get picked to be on the apprentice and stuff everything but he was like he realized he had a talent for acting and stuff everything and then he started like you know uh you know trying to come up with the movie uh townies and you know he wrote a script for it and uh he was trying to get it financed and he he eventually sent the script to Ben Affleck and uh you know uh, he thought like you know Ben Affleck would produce it. But like, I guess, you know, after that, Ben Affleck was like, oh, I'm making a movie called The Town. But like, how can he say like, you know, Ben Affleck sold the movie? Cause like, you know, he hadn't even seen the script. So he had to wait two years before the movie even came out so he could see the similarities, you know, so. That's messed up too. Imagine that, like you have this like great idea and it's like, all of a sudden it's it's gone because Ben Affleck decided he was just going to steal your thunder. Like what an asshole. Like that's like pretty fucked up. But when you said gone, I just lost all the picture. I don't see anybody anymore on my phone. I don't see Artie. Like, he's all black. I haven't seen Artie. I just see you. I see Glover. I was looking at Ryan, like, pretty much most of this whole time. (laughs) But, yeah, it's like, um, I think, like, um, it's very common in in music and in in film for, like, you know, bigger artists to steal from people. I think that happens, like, you know, uh, awfully a lot. Even, like, comedy and stuff or anything, you know, like, bigger comedians still from like you know lesser known guys and stuff everything or you know all the time it's it's pretty i wonder how often that's true though and how often it's actually bullshit and someone's just saying that because they're jealous i'm sure that happens too oh you know yeah, what I, mean? I, I i think uh i think that happens that probably happens a lot too or like even just like sometimes that people have similar ideas yeah you know and stuff everything like i might have like an idea uh for something and stuff everything that i would think like you know is um you know, very specific to me, but you might, you know, have something similar. I'm like, oh, you ripped that off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Comedians, I notice are like that. They they whine and cry. You stole my material. And then it's like, sometimes it's a little suspicious, I'll admit. But sometimes it's like, you know, there's only so many things you can say. Things are bound to kind of overlap and sound similar in some cases. But there are a few times, you know, you hear and you're like, wait a second. That's very... But spot on. You know what's interesting though? Like I've seen I've seen that like uh like happen and I wonder like you know where was the genesis of it? Like you know who who stole this joke? Like whose joke was it? Because it can't be both. Like you know, so who was the original creator and stuff everything of that? But I think like usually the person who has the larger platform usually wins out unless there's yeah. overwhelming evidence and stuff everything to support that you were ripped off. And even if you are, because there's been people and stuff, everything I know, like in the music industry and stuff, everything where they've been able to document that, like, you know, this person like stole or ripped off their ideas, but like, you know, people don't care. Like, you know what I mean? And so they just like the bigger, well, the bigger artists. And usually. That was the big thing with like Louis CK and, uh, 
And who's it? Louis, Louis C.K. and uh, who's the Spanish? Uh... Oh, he's ripped off a few people. No, uh, oh, he had a thing with Dane oh. Cook for a while too. No, no. So Dane Cook is Dane Cook steals jokes, and uh, the Spanish but Louis guy Louis C.K. stole from Dane Cook. No, once no, too. no, 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 no. It was other way around. Other way around. No, it was the... no, but no, it was it was that way too because they, they did an episode on Louis C.K. making fun of it on his show when he had it. Yeah. I but, I think you're talking about Carlos Mencia, yes, right? Yeah. Oh, Mencia. that was huge. And Joe Rogan called him out. Have you seen, you've seen that video, right? Yeah. Where he yeah, blew yeah. him up on stage. That was awesome. Like uh, Carlos Mencia, didn't he apologize? Like you know, for, he actually apologized for stealing jokes. He's stolen jokes from like a lot of people allegedly. I think. And because uh, and, yeah. and he was a flash in the bucket too, because basically he had his like you know year or two of fame. And then it all came out that he'd just been ripping people off left and right. But I uh, know a guy who, back in the late 90s, when Dane Cook was starting to come up, and he would sit in the back of this comedy club in uh, at the uh, Hong Kong in Cambridge, in Harvard Square. And Dane Cook was just this kid who didn't really know him. He would sit in the back of a notebook and write down everyone's... If something was funny, he'd write down someone's joke. And he'd write it down. And this is when Louis C.K. was kind of coming up. And a lot of like the Boston comedians like Bill Burr and all those guys, they were doing these small little sets like the Hong Kong in 1998, 1999 in uh, Cambridge. Dan Cook would write all this shit down. And then he would go to another comedy club. He'd go down to like Brighton and do a, show, do a set. And basically, not exactly verbatim the joke, but basically the same joke. And that's how he would like twerk it. So he would kind of like write his jokes down and then dodge these comedians. So he never actually had to come cross with them to actually say the joke where these guys were there. And then a matter of time, it all caught up with them and stuff. But by that point, it was already too beyond, you know, like it was just very odd that Dan Cook, who was he's, he's, he was funny, but like his his rocket to stardom was so fast. Like you never see a comedian go that fast. Like he went from he. I think, like, you know, because he came out, like, doing that era of MySpace. Yeah. And everything, like, you know, and he was able to capitalize on, like, you know, the internet, you know, and a lot of, like, comedians and stuff, particularly, like, a lot of people, because it happened, like, it was, like, the music and stuff. The people who were, like, really good with the internet were really yeah. able to capitalize really quick. And I think, like, he was, he was one of those people who was, like, just really good with oh, um, yeah. the internet and the web. He, he was big. He's one of the first only comedians to ever sell at the Garden. He's one oh, of the yeah. only ones. And yeah. he's super cool, man. I met Dan Cook once, uh, like on Christmas, instead of at the Laugh Factory. Uh, like you know, he worked. Uh, like you know, uh, they have like this every year. The owner of the Laugh Factory, he does like you know, uh, where like the they feed the homeless, like the comedians and stuff, everything. They'll feed the homeless and stuff. And he was there. Tim Allen was there and stuff, everything. And he's just like a super humble, like cool guy. Like you know, he was talking to me and stuff, everything, just like having a real conversation because he was there. Because like I guess. That was the year his parents died. Yep. And, you know, he was like, he was just super cool, man. I uh, compare, kind of like, I compare Dane Cook to that generation's poly, version of Polly Shore. Almost the same thing, just yeah. overexposure yeah. and just too much thrown at you of him to the point where people just got sick of him and didn't want to see him anymore. I could see That's that. That's kind of how yeah. I felt like. I kind of compare them together. Yeah, it's funny. It's, yeah, it's funny. Like, Russ has that song and stuff, everything, where he says, like, it's like, Dane Cook, you weren't funny anymore. And so everything like that. I was like, oh, like you know, say my my like man, it's like, but like it's like a lot of like Dane Cook hate like out there, like I'm like, well, I, but I, I loved his uh, his specials and stuff. I really thought he was funny, man. And, I, yeah. I I seen him at the Garden twice. Uh, let's see, we're going back to uh, 2000. Who 2006 and oh yeah yeah that was the I was there for that that was the taping yeah. of his HBO special yes right? and then and then I seen yeah. him again in late like December 2007 so like almost like a year and a half later um both times I mean it was good it was entertaining I I went on dates I mean I was sat in the nosebleed at the garden I sat so I was like the last row up in the upper deck and he literally filled up the entire garden plus all the like the basketball court like it was amazing and. He did it in a round, and you know, oh, go the, ahead. Whole, the whole thing, like how people say, like he stole jokes, though. Like I wonder, like you know, like what jokes are they specifically referring to? Because like a lot of the specials I've seen of his, they seem so personal to him, like about his like Catholic upbringing, and you know, it's like kind of like Kevin Hart. Like, how can he really steal jokes? Because his comedy is is really personal. So I, I think a lot of it wasn't his jokes that he did for his stand-ups and stuff like that, for his specials. I think a lot of it was the jokes he used as he was making it. I think that was the issue. Like, because if you go, uh, I knew someone posted, if is a, a Facebook, uh, a YouTube video out there that has, like, 
Dane Cook side by side with like say Louis C.K. and Louis C.K. is doing his joke and then Dane Cook's doing an interpretation of oh, the joke. Oh yeah, I've seen stuff like that. Yeah. So and I don't think it was anything he ever did like on an album or anything he did like on a show, like a big show, because that's just that's just like smearing shit in someone's face if you're doing that. I think it was more or less like you know on a set on a Tuesday night at some bar in Boston, right? You know, you hear some guys' jokes, and then Wednesday night you go to an open mic in Brighton, and you say the same joke. What's the odds of anyone who was at one place at the other place be there at the same time and cross, you know, paths or whatever like that? And you just kind of taking advantage of a situation. And I think a lot of comics do that, to be quite honest with you, because I think in it's hard not to sit there at a comedy club as someone who's done did comedy for five to six years and sitting there at an open mic or sitting there at a show and you have to listen to six or seven comics come up before you. It's really, really hard not to take in what they're saying and then come up with ideas based on that and call them your own. Because basically, unless you sat there with headphones on and just looked into like the abyss, you're going to be, you know, what's that word when you, you observe stuff like naturally, you know what I mean? Like just like coming into your head, like coming up with ideas yeah. based on what other people's jokes are. So I see how that happens, and I and I've probably been guilty of it myself. And then one day you sit there and you think you have a great idea for a joke, and then you say it to someone, and they're like, "Oh yeah, so and so did that joke two weeks ago," and you're like, "Oh, but it's like, it's it's, no one owns a joke. There's no copyright for a joke. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, and like you said, Dan Cook does a lot of like experimental shit, like it's, it's experience experiential shit. Like it's about you know, oh uh, like one of the things like Bert Kreischer was telling me, he put out like a book. Like, you know, with some of like his jokes so he could have some copyright protection. Like, I guess like, you know, it's yeah. right thing because he's really paranoid. He was telling me somebody stole jokes. He didn't want to talk about it because I interviewed Bert Kreischer before. I've interviewed a lot of comedians and um, he was telling me about like, you know, people stealing jokes for him. And, you know, it's a, a real paranoia thing. Oh, yeah. Comedians, yeah. comedians specifically. Comedians. Yeah. I don't know if you hung off, if you've ever hung off a lot of stand-ups, but. In my uh, decade of, you know, being, you know, for like five, six years doing stand up and 10 years of being involved in it one way or another, hosting comedy shows and clubs and stuff like that, stand up comedians are very unique. In the, I, I equivalent a stand up comedian to a, a field goal kicker in professional football, to a closer in baseball, to a goalie in hockey. They're unique individuals with their own personalities and they're very usually the funnier you are the more troubled your life has been and that's just yeah, really, like, depression it. issues yeah so it's like <laughs> if you're really funny then you have a dark dark you know side life and it's like holy shit like it's very uncommon like i, I always blame that like i grew i have a pretty normal grow uh upbringing and i always blamed my normal upbringing on my uh my average comedic skills you know what i mean like my you know if you know if you were a hooker and dad was uh you know a gangster killing people on the side my my jokes would probably be a little more funny with the depression i had growing up but you know you know what i think is bizarre just about comedy in general and it's that if you're already accepted as funny you could say things that normally somebody else w- like would say and it wouldn't be funny but because this person who by society standards think is funny said it automatically it's now funny which doesn't make sense like for example i'm gonna take you back to a story when i was a little kid all right when i was in elementary school there was this kid who was the class clown got tons of laughs he'd fart in class people would laugh hysterically like oh brian you're so funny so one day i was like you know what i'm gonna fart in class so i farted (laughs) in class but it wasn't funny people were just like adam that's disgusting right you know why because he is perceived as the clown he's accepted as funny I'm a normal person. Me doing that is gross. Him doing that's funny. Yeah. No, I agree. It, it, it is. doesn't make any sense. Well, it's just like if a, if a popular person in school does something, you know, like, you know, if he, you know, dyes his hair blonde, everyone's like, wow, that's cool. That's the trend setting. But then, you know, some kid who isn't so popular dyes his hair blonde. He looks like a weirdo. You know what I mean? It's, it's a, it, it's agreed. Yeah. It's just. It's weird, though, because, like, it happened. I see it amongst groups of friends, too. Like, there have been times even Eric has said something, like, or I'll say something, and then Eric will say, that was funny, but then he'll realize, oh, wait, Adam said that. I thought Maddie said that. And I'm like, what's the difference? He's like, well, it's Maddie. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if, if somebody says something funny, funny's funny. Adam, everything you say, I think, is funny. I actually celebrate your catalog. Well, my, my face is funny. Do you know who actually oh. said they missed you today? It was Eric Danger Powers. Aww. I don't know if it was a combination of like the 18 pack of Coronas he's been drinking over the last 24 hours or the amount of weed he's been smoking on the deck, but he <sighs> did say, uh, I do miss Adam. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to miss the show because it's at eight o'clock. And I'm like, okay. And I walked past him in the hallway. It, now, Ryan, if you don't know, Eric is a, a friend of ours who I did a show with for many years, um, did comedy with him for many years, worked with him for many years. Uh, Adam and I 
I worked with him for many years, and uh, he now lives in the spare bedroom in my house. <laughs> and, uh, when did he come back? Because he's been uh, MIA for quite a while. He officially came back. He he made an appearance. Uh, would be two weeks ago. Two weeks ago Friday. He just stopped coming Friday, and he's like, "I'm gonna start transitioning." I'm like, "That's cool." And um, we're 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 and obviously you, you Adam, is you're we're working the transition. We'll probably get you in here by by June. Uh, probably a couple weeks to get into the studio now. Uh, we're, we're we're slowly transitioning people, knowing that we 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 kind of have an awareness of stuff like that. So he he's obviously has been paying rent, so we had him come in. So he's like, all right. So, but literally, all he's been doing is and just chilling on the deck, smoking weed and drinking Coronas, which is fine. He's getting out of the way. Yeah. But um, I have to I do have to warn him if he's just watching this. Um, he should take that garbage out because my wife <laughs> is getting very upset with the constant jamming. Of the trash into the barrel without taking the trash out, in which you have to walk by the trash can anyways to go out to the deck. So uh, if it's just a warning because it, I'm a, I just sit there and go, eh, you know. My wife, <laughs> on the other hand, she, she had a long day at work. She's it might be a little when when she's she's just sitting there watching him just jam like jam into the barrel. <laughs> like it's giving CPR. <laughs> yeah. Like he's giving CPR to the trash barrel. Like, like <laughs> stretching a 15 gallon trash bag to 30 gallons just like jamming everything you can like, put in there and i'm sitting there looking at him I'm like it was the garbage full and he's like yeah he's like i'm like you, you probably should take it out <laughs> i'm like i'm just i'm just saying i'm like i mean if i was doing that and my wife was looking at me jamming trash into a garbage i'd get that death stare like are you not gonna take the garbage out you know what i mean like you know that brings me to another question why do they have trash ba- uh, bags as gallon size like why do they measure it by gallons it's not like they measure condoms by teaspoons <laughs> like seriously write that joke down that was pretty good <laughs> there's, a, there's a point to ponder right there i know right what would you what would you um if you if since if you didn't want to use gallons what would you suggest that the bag companies uh uh i guess calculate their volume cubic small medium large extra large like condom sizes why you gotta do gallons right I guess so. I guess it's more of a cubic measurement, I guess. Basically, it's how they base it off of, I guess. I don't know. I get right, then it's different condoms. Like, <laughs> if you told someone that a bag could hold 15 cubic gallons, would you be able to, in your mind, think about how many cubic gallons can hold that bag? I mean, no. I can't, personally. I'm like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not that, like, you know, I'm not like... Uh, like Rain Man, who can see gallons into shapes, you know. I think it's a little odd. I, I, gallons into shapes. I, I agree with you. Why do they still measure cars and horsepowers? I don't know. I know. Jerry Seinfeld yeah. has a great joke. He goes, he goes. Why do they measure cars and horsepower? He goes. So you tell me if your car doesn't run, you can get three hundred horses together and tie them to your car, and you get the same power as you would if you had the engine going. I mean, realistically, that's what they're measuring. I don't know, man. It's like what kind of world are we point. living in? You know. I'm gonna buy. I, mean, I don't know. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy some tablespoon filled co- size condoms tonight. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> I want to meet someone who's. I haven't used a condom in four years. Yeah, I haven't. I, I, yeah. I feel like maybe 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 I could talk my wife into a throwback Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> See how the old. I sure I could blow some dust off one I have in a box somewhere from when we first started dating a long time ago. <laughs> Lube all dried up. <laughs> Uh, it's like it's like uh, it's equivalent to like gum in a pack of baseball cards when you were a kid. You know, it's like how long that gum been sitting there? But we still Aww. ate it. You still you got you still ate the gum, right? I did. I mean, you put it in your mouth and vaporizes into like a powder. It's like you bite into it and it just falls apart. We all did it. We had crepe. Um. So, or right, NASCAR's back. We talked about that. We talked about uh. Coronavirus, obviously. Anything oh. else you guys want to bring up? Anything uh, entertaining or in the news or in the life? Yeah. So remember in uh, Taiwan, there was the uh, the cardboard cutouts they were putting in the stands of uh, of uh, in the baseball. We talked I, about that. But I think I know you know where you go with this. Korea? The Korea, they're putting sex dolls yes. in the stands. All right. I, I, yes, I did hear this. Um, the uh, the to Premier League also did the same thing, too, in England, I heard. Did the sex doll, sex doll thing. And they put like they put shirts awesome. and clothes on the sex dolls, but all the de- all every, have you ever seen a, a sex doll that doesn't have big puffy lips though? I mean that kind of obvious makes it a, like a big old lips like, like you know, yeah they're very inviting. 
Has any of, have either of you guys? And you don't have to say it if you did, but have you ever guys ever owned a sex doll? No, I never. I remember when I was uh, who had to be like 19, 20 years old. I went to Amaze. Do you ever go to Amaze and up in Route One? And, and oh yeah, I've seen them there. Yeah, they had this one behind glass. Um, it was like a five hundred dollars sex doll, and it had these like little slots where you could stick your hand into the glass to fill it and to use like feel the different areas of the doll and you know how realistic it is don't get me wrong it was very realistic and this guy i remember all i remember it was like a saturday night and me and my buddies went up there when you're a kid you think it's cool to go into a sex toy store you know what i mean you're looking at all these like oh we can get it it's like almost like uh rite of passage as like as a 20 year old or a 19 year old because like you can't quite go into the strip club that sells booze yet but you can go in the strip club that doesn't sell booze and you're kind of an adult but you're not really not a full-blown adult yet you know what i mean so you go to a yeah. you go to a uh, you know a porn store. So you go in there and you giggle and you laugh and the big giant like you know three inch dildo that you attach to the wall and then all the whatever. So there's a second this guy walks up to us and he's like he has his glasses on, tons of acne. He was probably like in his like mid twenties and he goes, "That is our supreme model right there." He goes, "That is a five hundred dollar sex doll that'll blow your mind." He goes, if you have sex with this doll, you'll never want to have sex with a girl ever again, and I guarantee it. He's like, I actually own it, and I think it's great. And I said, and I'll never forget why and what type of people use sex dolls, and that is basically it. And that was that was 15 years ago, and I still remember it to this day, so it was pretty intense. I wonder what he's doing now, that guy. Uh, probably living in the trailer park right next to it. Probably, yeah. <laughs> You guys ever hang out in a trail park at all? Like, have a like went to a trail park party? No. Uh, like, so one time, uh, this guy paid me money on the internet to go like take pictures of like his ex wife's uh like vehicle. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> apart. Nice. Everything like I had to go like you know because uh, like I guess she had like you know taken the car and like left. But he knew like you know where she, where trailer park she was staying at. So like I had to go and I videotaped it. I was like taking photos and stuff and everything and people were coming out it was oh, weird it was in salt lake i used to live in salt lake city utah okay so like <laughs> oh man that could have gone south real bad so i mean <laughs> no way i mean you was you was sticking out like a thumb you're in this trail park you're in salt lake city you're taking pictures of a camera yeah. you don't exactly look like someone that's supposed to be there you know what i mean um i'm surprised you like the cops didn't get called <laughs> i know yeah i was uh but you know like uh, to be honest and stuff everything like it's not a police state like Salt Lake City, Utah is like, you know, the police treat you very, very well. They're very, uh, very cordial. Everyone's really nice. Even like law enforcement. The only time I was ever like stopped by like law enforcement, I think like one time and stuff, my, my, my tire was flat and the state trooper asked me if he could help me, which is a stark contradiction from uh, other areas I've yeah. visited this country. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're asking if you want help. Others than they're throwing you in the side of the car and trying to arrest you just for being out there on the side of a road. Right, that's, that's fucked. It, it, it's it's but it, so uh, trail parks are unique. Adam, you ever drive through a trail park? Have you ever like really seen one like firsthand? Not up close. Not, other than the ones on Route One that you pass, I've never been through one. No. So my first experience at a trail park was a young kid. I was probably like uh, you know five six years old. I had a great aunt who lived in a trail park in Florida, right there at the beach. And like once a year, we'd go down to Florida and we'd go visit my grandparents and we'd go and take my animal for, for lunch and stuff. And we'd get a full, I, just, I, I was exposed to trail parks as a young kid, but I never knew the, um, the, what's the, what's the word? The, the reputation that trail parks had until I got older. You know what I mean? I never thought too much yeah. of it. I just thought it was like a, you know, like a trail park. You live in a house, you live in a pop. And I never, I never put two and two together until I was uh, 17 years old and I was working at the Albon Pan uh, at the Square One Mall in Saugus. And there was this girl. And her name was Danielle, and she worked at the store that was next to us. And it used to be a cookie store, but now it became like it was like hometown eatery. And it was like this dude, he just like cooked food, and it was just like homemade food. It was like, you know, chicken cutlets and stuff like that. It was stuff you couldn't get at like fast food stuff. It was like actually cooked stuff. And this girl worked there that he was, and the girl was like my age. She was like 17 or whatever. And the guy was probably like in his 30s, and he was banging this girl. And he hired her so he could have sex with her while they were working and stuff like that. So his wife didn't know. So he had him assuming he was like not work. He's working, but he was having sex with this girl that was working there. So she 
became friends with me and my buddies who worked at the Auburn Pan next door. So we, we'd work like a Tuesday night. No one would be at the food court on a Tuesday at the mall. And we'd just be shitting back, you know, shooting back and forth. And she had booze at the restaurant next door. So we'd go over there and have a few drinks, you know. And then she was like, oh, I used the bathroom. And it would be a stack of porn about four feet high in there. She's like, oh, yeah, do what you want. And I was convinced now there's cameras in there. And I didn't think of it as like a 17-year-old. <laughs> now I'm thinking it was probably cameras inside there. So... One day she was sitting there and it was like a, it was a Friday night around 930 and we're closing up shop and everything. The mall closes at 10. She goes to me and my buddy. She goes, do you, uh, what are you guys doing after work? And I go, oh, I don't know. I'm probably just going to go home. And she's like, do you want to come to the trailer park? Now, she lived in the trailer park on Route 1 in Saugust. That is, um, where is it? It's after Kowloon. So it's on the right-hand side. Is it Shady Acres? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Is there is a Shady Sh- Acres. I'm not even making a joke. I don't know if it's that one, but there is a Shady Acres on Route it, it, 1. It's on Route 1 North on the right-hand side, and it's like between – it's it, oh, it's next to the, the driving range near Fred Ruckus, that one, where we used to hit the balls in the driving range into the trailer park. Oh, I know exactly where you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. So okay. she's like, she's like, she's like, you can come potty with us. We want well booze and stuff like that. So everybody's like, all right. So we took one car. And she's like, do you mind giving me a ride back? Because she used to walk. I'm like, yeah, well, I'll give you a ride. So I had the old Jeep. I had the Jeep 1.0. It was a two-door yellow Jeep Wrangler. And we threw in the back. We, we drove over there and I parked. And we pulled up and everyone's looking at us like we're funny. And me and my buddy are looking at each other. And then she's like, no, that's cool. They're, she's with me. And they're like, oh, all right. So everyone's just like chill. And there was like a bonfire going on. And it was like all this noise. It was like late at night on. And it was making so much noise. And I get out of the car and I stop walking and all of a sudden I, someone throws a bear at me and it's like, hey, have a bear. And it was like a, a natty light and everyone's just drinking and stuff like this. So me and my buddy are looking at each other like, because we don't know anyone and we're very apprehensive of like, oh, all right, are these people cool or are they like setting us mm. up for something? Like, they're going to steal my car? Are they going to rob us? Like, we're not quite sure. We're, we're trying to feel the vibe. I'm like, we know the girl, but like, how well do we know her? We just know because she lets us look at porn and like, you know. <laughs> hang out at a restaurant and stuff like this and everything like that. So so we're, we're there for a little while. Everything's kind of cool and stuff. So we're kind of chill. So I'm sitting there drinking, and all of a sudden she comes up to me, and she starts rubbing my back and, like, like, like slowly caressing me and stuff like in a very sexual manner, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at my buddy, and he's looking at me, and he's kind of giving me the, yeah. Like, I'm like, but I didn't want to. She wasn't really my type, you know what I mean? So it wasn't exactly that, you know. I... I, I let me correct myself. Seventeen-year-old Addy was, was very say. was very apprehensive <laughs> about this. Now, if it was if this was like twenty-four or twenty-five-year-old Addy, I would have been like, you would have, would have been gone. You wouldn't even know I was there. I would have been in like Flynn. I would have been like, all right, I got the hint. Let's go. You know what I mean? But I was still an innocent. I, I came out of my shell. I was a young. I was a was it was it a young bloomer? A slow bloomer? A uh, late bloomer? A late bloomer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, she's rubbing my back and everything, and I, I panicked. And I looked at my buddy. I'm like, "Ah, oh, we gotta go." Ah, so we left, and uh, my relationship with uh, Danielle from Homestyle Eateries was never the same. Um, and she would like it was just before. This was like my uh, MySpace didn't exist yet. Uh, we all we had was AIM, and every once in a while she'd hit me up on AIM and want me to come hang out in the trailer park. And then um, so fast forward like three years, it's my like my junior year of college, and um, she hits me up and. She's like, she's like, do you have a camcorder, right? And I'm like, yeah. I thought she wanted me to film like a porn or something like that. She's like, <laughs> she's like, I want to like, we, me and my friends want to do like a documentary of a day in the life of people in a trailer park. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. So I went up there. I shot up there. And I had my old like, um, like the handheld camcorders of like the, the mini tape that went in there. You know what I mean? Not the small tape. But it was just, we're talking like 2002, like two, no, 2004-ish type stuff. Yeah. So I go up to the trailer park and it was, I got to tell you, it wasn't anything to put together on a film. It was kind of dull. They were like just sitting by a bonfire and just drinking beers and just like bullshitting about like, you know, so-and-so's brother's getting out of jail. The wife that lives next door has an ankle bracelet. The guy lives down the street, sells crack. And it was, it was like, I'm just videotaping. I'm like, I, I couldn't really put anything together to actually make a video out of it, which was very disappointing. And then she offered to pay me with a blowjob. And I was like, ah, gotta go. <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah. That was my experience at a trailer park in Saugus. Oh. Who knows Saugus would have so many trailer parks, you know? I know. I definitely would have accepted the blowjob. It was like, you know. Listen, two, <laughs> hey, two, 25 year old Adi would have. 21 year old Adi was still a little shy. A little shy. 25 year old Adi would pretty much do anything. I mean, 
anything. I mean, I mean, I mean, my, my <laughs> standards are very, very low at this point. You know, it's a, it's a maturity level. You know, and I'm kind of like so most people get get that out of their system like at 16, 17 years old. You know, and then they start maturing. You know, uh, you know, the early twenties, like Adam, for example, a mature buck. You know, he was a man at twenty one, and even a bigger man at thirty five. You know, so. <laughs> But me, on the other hand, was still a child at 30. So um, I was still trying to learn my grasp, you know. And I oh, was, yeah, man. I totally understand. So, yeah, it happens. I was trying to, I was calculating. Um, uh, I was just thinking. There was a conversation that came up about actual single time of your life. Now, during your life, say between 16 years old and now, right? So that's like a good... At how much of that time, say in the last, like, right, how old are you? You're what? You're 36, 30? How old are you? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 37. 37. Okay. So you're at, you and Adam, yeah. So say from like 16, 17 year old to now, how much of that time were you actually single? Like, like months or years wise? Was has, like, has it been significant or is it like a low it, number? Uh, mostly significant, man. Uh, my wife was pretty much like, I only had like one relationship that lasted for a year. Before I uh, I met my wife and we've been together for you know uh, almost a decade so you know, there you but, go uh, okay yeah. yeah so pretty much I was like you know up to like I was twenty six and I had one relationship in college that lasted a year so for the most for the most part you weren't single you're were always like you were tied up for some point no no I, I was only in one relationship for a year uh, before before I met my wife at twenty six yep so wow. before that like you know when I was like uh, my senior oh, year okay college, I get you okay yeah. yeah from like 20 to 21, I was in a relationship, but like that was my only serious relationship. Do you like, so at this point, you're like 50 50. So 50% of your 16 to now has been single, so then it's been tied up. All right. How about you, Adam? Um, I was with somebody seven years late through high school and then my into my early 20s. And then I was with somebody four years through part of my 20s. And then I was kind of single for a while. And then I was with somebody for a year or two. But like, I've been in a lot of, like relationships but in between those like single adam is actually pretty crazy i'm quiet about it i don't like yeah. to talk about it i like single like, I don't adam. Like, like single adam is a little bit a little bit um a little nuts but um, relationship adam is pretty uh is is a good boy he really is i don't but think i've ever met single i don't think i've ever hung out with single adam and all the years we've known each other no you probably no you th- i think you have i'm just I don't oh talk. i have like yes. i don't talk about that kind of stuff i just don't talk about that kind of stuff so there's a small um, window that i do yeah yeah no there was a small window of uh single i i think i i figured out i was only single from 16 years old from now nine months total do you believe that shit damn wow. I, I literally was from like one relationship a month off to another the most i had off was three months at any given time and you gotta remember, I, I I was engaged before I got married, so that was seven years, yeah. and then I've been married for over a year now. But I've been with my wife for over four years now, so I mean, there's there, there, me and her between when I called off my, I called off my wedding, and and <laughs> it's almost the anniversary actually today. It was Memorial Day 2016, uh, 2015. So in a few days it would be the anniversary of me calling off my wedding five years ago. Then I started dating a girl like literally a week later. And then we broke up and then I was single for a month of December and a little bit of January. And then I met my wife and that was about, that's, that's been about it. And then prior to my first. Oh, uh, so you're going to marry another, another girl before you. Oh, yeah. Wife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> almost married. Almost. We came close. Yeah. It was almost very close. It was two months to the day. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no, it's really, really much time. It's kind of weird. It's like, not that I, re- it's, I, I'm the type of person that needs to be like, kind of like in a relationship type thing. You know, I, I don't know. Adam's like a, Adam's been living on his own since he's 18. He's a kind of like a, he's a, that's true. I don't I'm know if I could do that. I'm off a commitment, but not marriage. Like I am, I can stay committed. No problem. But like everyone's, I need my space. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, come over. We'll spend a few days. We can even go on vacation together. But then, you know what? Just get the, just go away. <laughs> like, it's like nothing personal. Just go away, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think, like, you know, um, it's definitely, like, important, like, to have your space to be, like, you know, where you, like, mature, like, you know, where you can be alone. I think, like, you know, that's uh, why I was able, like, you know, eventually to be able to get married because it's like, I don't need it. Like, you know, it's great to have you know what i mean and so yeah 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 
I mean, I'm also not religious. I just, I just don't see a point in marriage. I'm, I'm more likely to have a kid than I am probably to get married. Yeah, I'll have a kid with you. You want to have a kid? Let's figure this out. <laughs> you know, I wonder that. Do you think there are people out there that like aren't really gay, but like they fake, they have faked that they are for benefit reason for the state and gotten married, even though they don't do anything with each other? Yeah, Adam, I wondered about Adam, that. I really believe, yeah, I believe Adam that. Sandler, Adam Sandler made a movie, Chuck and Larry get married. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. I wonder if that's ever really happened. I'm sure it has. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great benefits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, why not, right? All right, so we're approaching the hour mark here. Um, it's a good show. Uh, Ryan, you want to yeah. plug anything right, real quick? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, definitely uh, go on the packy and uh, check out, like, you know, uh, my recent interview with Master Ace, you know, legendary Brooklyn MC. You know, uh, great catalog of music. You know, he recently released his album, Brooklyn Story. He's going to have a follow-up in 2021, uh, you know, with uh, the producer Marco Polo. So check that out. Cool. Yeah, and check out YouTube page too. We get the link at thepacky.com. Just click on the right hand corner. You get to uh, Ryan's YouTube page, uh, Mr. Mallet. Yeah, you're gonna see a lot of whirlwind potato videos popping up on the packy soon. I'm nice. finally kind of waking up and gonna start promoting things, my stuff more. Um, I, I, I've hit a. I, it's funny since I haven't been drinking for almost a month. Creatively, my brain is now waking up. Like, do this, Adam. Do that. Um, so yeah, As they take a swig from a, a bottle. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've never been drinking. Like, yeah, me either. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a lot of, uh, you see a lot of videos popping up and you know, every Friday I try to post one. So yeah, check out the whirlwind potato on YouTube and check out the packy. All right. And also, yeah, of course the packy and check out the wicked explorer, twexplorers.com. You're my wife's, uh, travel blog page, uh, new videos every week. And, uh, we survived another week at COVID-19 here in quarantine. And we're just that much closer to being back to normal. So, uh, thank you guys for both coming out tonight on this fine Wednesday, being part of the show. And uh, everyone else, thanks for watching. And we'll see you guys uh, very soon. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one. Bye, Bye, guys.